where did you come from? Where? How did you even become? <laughs> I mean, to become a Christian, did you become a Christian while you were in Russia or here in the States? It was in Russia, but it took some events in my life, which brought me to the U.S. first. Mm-hmm. So first I was here, and then I went there for a short trip, and then it happened. Okay, wait, there, then it happened, you said? Yes, it happened in Russia, but only after I already lived here. So when you say, then it happened, you're talking about you had an experience with God. And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome to Fastened Like Nails. Here we are again in the studio, and today we have a little bit of a surprise. No, we have a big surprise. <laughs> and I have to my left, Spencer Seckel. Hello. And Molly Mayo. Hello. And to my right, I have a special guest, Vladimir I want to say you're from Russia because you got the beautiful accent, but I, you're from Florida, but originally from Russia, correct? Yes. So, Vladimir, uh, you need to be in one of our dramas for sure. <laughs> we, we just did um, Shipwrecked, and let's see if you know where this place is. So, have you ever heard one of our dramas before? Probably not fully. So, we just did a drama that takes place near Russia. It's in the place in a, an island. Oh, we just learned about this. Is it near... Was it Archangel or Archangel? Did you ever hear uh, of that place? Archangel is all I've ever known. But on board that ship, I realized how much more there is to learn about the real world. Like the captain said, I was made for the sea. There's a city called Archangelsk that sounds like that. Okay, that's in the, in the north. Yeah, this is well. This is actually near the Arctic. Yes. Oh, that oh, really? sounds like that. Yes. And there used to be. They're trying to find the Northwest Passage. Mm-hmm. Ships used to try to find it, and they would get caught in the ice and and shipwrecked. And yes, Arkhangelsk is the port on the north. Oh, interesting! Yes. Interesting. That's so cool. Okay, it's not a place that we'd want to live. I take it. Oh, you need to get used to the cold. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'd ever get used to the cold. Okay, so Vladimir, the recording we just did takes place in Russia. And uh, one of the key actors, uh, he's going to fight a polar bear. So on this island, (laughs) there there are polar bears. And uh, they find in an abandoned cave, they find all of this ammunition. It's actually Hmm. black powder. Nika, look at the ceiling. It's black. Hmm. Soot. Someone else has used this cave as a shelter. And they're going to try to use these old rifles that have been sitting there for like 50 years that they find inside the cave. And they they have some unique opportunities to catch. They catch salmon, so salmon gets washed here, ashore. Look. look at these shallow pools. Fish! Salmon! Nika! Ivan? And um, they get caught in these pools after the tide goes out. And so they can go and catch their own fish to eat. So once they get the fish, though, the, the polar bears smell it. And they're cooking it. And the polar bears come and they're trying to steal their, steal their fish. And so they've got to now fight the polar bears. Oh, no. Oh, no. Nika, Nika. Nika, wake up. Ivan, Ivan. Come, 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 come. What is it? A polar bear. <gasps> to smell the salmon. He's coming inside. Alex, fire! 
and they, they shoot, but the guns don't do too much to a polar bear. So they actually have to fight the polar bears with hand-to-hand combat. They, <laughs> they've, got, they've got bayonets on the ends of their rifles and an axe. Polar bears, two of them. They must be coming for their salmon dinner. I hope you're right, but I think we're on the menu. Make sure your bayonets are well fixed. And have your hatchets ready to attack. Are we going to attack? Yes. We will all attack after we discharge our guns. If the bears are merely wounded, Alex and I will charge with our bayonets. We must aim for the head. And so you're hearing this amazing fight, you know, between these three, two boys and a, and a man. And uh, they're fighting the polar bears. And so now they kill their first polar bear. So now they have a new fur coat to wear and they've got um, oil from the from the fat that they can use for their lanterns and they've got the meat to eat as well but they do this one thing that I thought was really interesting they're going to try to catch an arctic fox have either of you two ever eaten arctic fox no but I would think that the meat would be very tough because they have so little fat good observation Alex I find them quite tasty but how would you catch one they're so sly come I show you. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help us catch this fox so that we can enjoy another provision from your hand. Thank you for all that you have done for us already. Amen. Now, Alex, pour the water over it. Pour the water over it? Yes. How much? Keep pouring. Slowly. Keep pouring. There, stop. See, the water has already frozen the meat to the rock. Brilliant. The fox will not be able to take it away. It is the perfect trap. So now, when the fox arrives to take the bait... And that's how you make Arctic fox stew. And so what they do is they get the salmon... And they put the salmon on a rock, and then they pour water over the salmon, and it freezes almost immediately. So you can't. So when the when the Arctic fox comes to eat the salmon, he can't get it off of the rock because it's frozen onto the rock. And they're waiting behind a snowbank with their guns to shoot the Arctic fox so that they can have something to eat that's different than polar bear fat and blubber and yeah. whatever salmon, else. Though. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty awful <laughs> it's diet. Not bad. Fresh salmon right off the Arctic. But anyways, every day we, for months. <laughs> We had Americans playing the part of Russians with fake accents. <laughs> and so yes. if, if you were here when we recorded that, you would have had the most perfect voice because it's so real. So let's, let's hear. I'm going to have you do something different. I want you to say, men, get your weapons ready. We're going to kill that polar bear tonight. I want to hear you say that. Men, get your weapons ready. We're going to kill that polar bear tonight. Go for it. Люди или друзья, приготовьте свое вооружение, свое оружие. Мы пойдем охотиться на медведя. Well, that sounds interesting. Wow. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> I remember uh, growing up in Soviet Union, we didn't have many uh, foreign movies shown to us. And then right about the uh, 1980s, 
a flow of them got opened and a lot of the Hollywood movies came and some of them were showing us, our people, like our Russian soldiers and so on. But they would be played by the Americans or other foreign nationals, oh. and the accent would be so horrible. <laughs> so we just we laughed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can understand it. Okay. Okay. So, so here you are. You've just traveled twelve twelve hundred miles, probably. Yeah, it sounds like more than a thousand. Yeah, more than a thousand miles mm-hmm. to bring your daughter here to the Masters Guild for this one year theology of the arts theology of the Bible, and theology of business. She's going to get to be a part of this working network, this this working this working ministry that has everything. It, we're making books. We're doing marketing. We're doing shipping. We're doing conferences. We're doing theatrical performances, mm-hmm. going to churches. It's Guys, it's incredible the amount of stuff that goes on here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Wow. Spencer plays Jesus in the the theatrical performance Torn. Yeah. Mm. And this year we might be doing it in Italy. Really? Sicily. Mm. We might be doing it Mm. on the West Coast. I mean, we're going to be doing some heavy-duty traveling and possibly in Kenya. Talk about fast battery. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're very busy here. But more than that, I think what really sets this program apart is that we really try to be real with one another, like Molly and Spencer. You tell Vladimir what it's like to be here 24-7 like you guys are. You tell this dad that's leaving his daughter, Mm -hmm. tell him what it's like 99% of the time. All right, Spencer, I'm giving this to you first. (laughs) Give me the truth. Yes, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Mm. Well, we laugh a lot. We, we That's love very each other. good. Okay, let's go on to Molly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I haven't got to the negatives yet. <laughs> uh, for example, yes, we laugh a lot. Um, we work wait, for, wait, let's talk about that. Okay. We, have you ever heard, go to a place and they say one of the major things that they do, they laugh a lot. Have you ever heard that before? Not up front. <laughs> and why, why do we laugh a lot? Well, first of all, we we love each other and we're comfortable because we've been vulnerable with each other. Mm. We have opened up about our weaknesses, our our struggles, our lack, and talked it through with each other and made it known. There's a lot of grace given here, and so <clears throat> we're able to be ourselves. And when we're ourselves with, with each other and with God, it, there's just freedom for our spirits to be joyful. It just leads to laughter, funny situations, and... So Spencer has been answering the phones lately when people call for um, book ordering and want to order a book. And he he answers the phones with a real dry, non-emotional it, – it sounds like he's just kind of dead on the phones. And when I hear it, it drives me crazy. I'm like, Spencer, smile when you're on the phone. Yeah. Have some joy when you're talking to people on the phone. And there's, I don't know what it is, but he just can't do it a lot, you know, and and uh, it drives me crazy because I want, when people call us, I want our customer service to be just full of joy and, you know, I want them yeah. to hear that what is happening here most of the time. He's never like that when he talks to people here. He's usually always joyful, right? But on the phones, he's just dead. <laughs> and the, the other day, I answered the phone with somebody and I was exhausted and he looked at me and he goes, oh, that's what it's like to have joy in your voice? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I looked at you and I was like, 
Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he always did to me. <laughs> so he's got this rock that has the word joy on it, and it's facing every day. It's near the telephone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just with strangers, and especially, you know, they're coming to me to give them the answers they need. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning on the fly. A lot of times I have to say, please hold, and then I go ask mm. how to do the thing mm-hmm. they want me to do. And so I just feel really inadequate, and, and I don't know these people. So it, and I don't allow inadequate. So he's got to be yeah. adequate. <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Molly. First of all, Spencer. Okay, Spencer, do I love you? Yes. Yeah, without a doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Do you drive me crazy once in a while? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I drive you crazy? <laughs> no, <once> yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't tell you. <laughs> you just don't tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. It's very respectful. Thank you for that, <laughs> Molly. What's it like? What tell Vladimir really what it's like here? Hold nothing back. Whoa. Okay. Well, it's hard to fit it all into a box because a lot of it is uh, experiencing it while you're here, mm-hmm. and so. Boy, fit it all into like a sentence or two. No, you can give me like a couple <laughs> paragraphs. This is like a crazy creative environment, but it's also filled with a lot of learning, which is something that Spencer kind of was touching on. It's not just like we're vulnerable with each other and we are like we were even talking about that this afternoon with Rainy when we were talking about some areas we struggled with. We came up with like code words to like help each other stay accountable. But there's an I, this is element of Bible study in the morning. You wake up and the first thing that you start the day off with is a delicious meal and Bible study, and that's how we set the tone for the day. And then as we're working and everything, a lot of times you know it's not even just answering phones or doing a task like that where we're not sure how to handle it. There are these things that pop up all the time. That's like okay, I don't really know what to do or whatever. And so there's like an atmosphere of prayer too where. One of the times it's just like, okay, let's take a moment and pray about this because I don't know what to do and I do feel like I can't do it. And then praying and sometimes the Lord will just give that peace or present a new idea or um, someone can be like, hey, I can come alongside you and help you in that. And so even though it's a stretching environment and we are constantly pushed outside of our comfort level, that's what I would say is probably the biggest thing that kind of ties it all together is just like you're constantly going to be challenged and not even in in a work thing or in a personal thing, but just like every single area of your life. And so there's this scripture we talk a lot about where um, it's with whatever measure you use, it will be measured unto you. And it's like this concept of basically which what we put into our work day or what we put into um, or with the students coming in, what you put into classes and all of that is what you're going to take out of it because there's just so much. And so... Well, well back up though. So... She's talking about Matthew, Mark chapter 4, right? Mark yeah, chapter 4. Yeah. So Jesus says, well, whatever measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again, and more will be added, more will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. So Jesus says, whatever measuring cup you give, mm-hmm. okay, when you come to God and you give him a measuring cup, that measuring cup, the size is dependent upon what you want it to be. I can bring to God and say, okay, here's my cup. I got the, I, I'm, I'm holding a, a coffee <laughs> cup in my hands. With uh, lavender. Uh, it's yellow and blue tea. Chamomile it's tea. Chamomile and lavender, yeah. So I could tell God, I would like you to fill this cup, and um, this is the cup that I'm going to use to bless other people with. Or I could bring a cup the size of this table 
to God and say, fill this cup up. Or I could bring a dump truck to God and say, I want you to fill this up. Mm. Okay? Or I can build, bring something even bigger. So the bigger the measuring cup that you bring to God, the more he's going to fill it. Mm. And if, however you want your life to be used is dependent upon the type of measuring cup you bring to God. Mm-hmm. And more will be given to you. So I, I look at life and say, this life is so short. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I want everything that you have possibly planned for me to live out in my life. I want it all. I, don't want, I want to be able to reach kids in India, in Africa, in China, in South America, kids at the border. The whole world. Yeah, there's nothing. God wants us to be greatly used of him. There's nothing impossible with God. His arm is not short that it cannot save. Mm. And so, Vladimir, here you are from Russia to Florida, now here to New York, dropping your daughter off. Where did you come from? Where? How did you even become? <laughs> I mean, to become a Christian, did you become a Christian while you were in Russia or here in the States? It was in Russia, but it took some events in my life, which brought me to the U.S. first. Mm-hmm. So first I was here, and then I went there for a short trip, and then it happened. Okay, wait, there, then it happened, you said? Yes, it happened in Russia, but only after I already lived here. So when you say, then it happened, you're talking about you had an experience with God. Yes, the story is long. I don't want you to get bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, then forget it. We don't. We don't. We don't want to hear it. We don't like hearing people's testimonies. No, come on. We, this is the first time we've ever heard someone's testimony from Russia. You're in Russia. How old are you at this time? So, <clears throat> um, my story is long. I will try being short. Um, I grew up in the southern region of Soviet Union in Kazakhstan, actually. Mm. But my parents, uh, they both were engineers, and they moved to Russia. That's where I grew up. Most of my life has been. Kazakhstan is not a part of Russia or is a part of Russia? It was a part of Soviet Union, but not Russia. Okay. But Russian people provided um, professional services there, mostly. Mm -hmm. And growing up in Russia was easy for me. I think my childhood was very happy. Um, So much we had that uh, kids today don't have anymore, unfortunately. But my parents never told me about God. It's just not that they were required to be atheists. It was not known to us that God Mm. exists. Wow. Uh, Next to the place where we grew, there was a Russian Orthodox church, and some very religious people attended it. But most of them were counted as not educated. They were not civilized. They Mm. were just kind of separate. They would wear special religious outfits they would do certain traditions, and we knew that it's a part of our culture. Were they genuine Christians or just more religious? I would say a lot of them are very serious and devout, but traditionally only the trained people, like the priests, would study the scripture, mm. and the scriptures would be in the old Slavic language, mm-hmm. so most people cannot even understand their publications. Very much like the Catholic Church that used to do it in Latin. And a lot of people would come for services and a lot of liturgy would happen and you cannot really understand what they are saying Mm -hmm. or singing. Correct. Maybe Mm -hmm. they sing psalms from the Bible, but people don't get the information this way Mm -hmm. much. They just do the rituals. Mm -hmm. And I know that recently there have been a change. 
that more scripture is being studied by them, but still they're very much attached to this movement. Mm-hmm. And so much it became a part of our culture that <clears throat> most people who live there believe they're Christians just because it, it exists in their culture. Mm-hmm. So my parents always thought that they're already Christians mm-hmm. because they're Russian and Russia has Orthodox Church that mm. belongs to Russia, mm-hmm. then we're all set. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, and part of it is lack of knowledge, I would say. And mm-hmm. a part of it is ignorance and superstition. Because a lot of place gets filled up with something. So if people don't have genuine knowledge of the Word of God, they get different beliefs, all kinds of beliefs. You know, it's really something I was reading in Jeremiah. I've just gone up to chapter 21 over the last few days, and that was one of the major themes is that my people are practicing false worship because of their lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That was what it said. I'm like, whoa, this is really something. Yeah. Yes. Recently, I met a young man <clears throat> in Florida who shared that he is doing a search. He is looking for closeness to God, and he tried a few different directions, and he ends up studying Orthodox movement. <clears throat> and I shared to him that I, w- I went there first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I was a young person, I was thinking, if God exists, maybe I should get closer to him by joining the Orthodox Church. That's what everybody did around me. So mm-hmm. I went to the cathedral in a big city, and I said, I'd like to be a Christian. And they said, okay, have you been baptized? I said, no, okay. You come, you pay this amount of money, and we'll perform a baptism. <laughs> and I did. And it, it was a lot of money back then. Wow. I think as a student, maybe it was a half of my paycheck a month. Wow. wow. Yes, and they put me in a big pool, told me to raise my jeans up, and they said it's a special water, uh, holy water, and they also sprinkled it on top of me. Mm-hmm. After that, they said, I'm all set. <laughs> so I was thinking, great, even though I don't know much about God, I know that there is a spiritual God. I know that there is God the Son, and mm-hmm. he got killed for some reason. Wow. I don't know why, but he just died, and everybody oh, remembers it. Amazing. <laughs> but I was thinking it's like a life insurance, yeah, and I could go on in my life, and God mm-hmm. will watch over me. Mm-hmm. That was my story from Russia. Mm-hmm. And then the story brought me to to the U.S. <clears throat> I don't know exactly why it happened. It was sort of against all the circumstances. My family was never rich. We never had connections to allow me to facilitate my study overseas. But it just happened through my, I guess, performance in college in, in Russia. I also studied English uh, with some American students. Uh, so that prepared me to take a test of English, and then opportunity came up where they sent me to study in the U.S. It was not really an exchange program, but just an opening. Mm-hmm. And it was a big surprise. It mm-hmm. was like it came out of nowhere that I would be <laughs> in a country place, like three hours away from Moscow in the woods. And then I got admitted to a college in the U.S. Wow. And we didn't know what it's going to be like. And... As it happened, uh, I went through some difficult times. The college I came to had a few uh, people uh, who were from Russia, but it was very difficult for me when I lost the connection with my family and I went through some other issues. 
uh, it just brought me uh, to a difficult position. Mm-hmm. I started looking for help, and I knew some people were going to church. There was a church on campus, mm. one or two churches, and somebody invited me to a Lutheran church. It was a very nice place. Uh, I liked being there because I didn't have many friends, mm-hmm. and they shared a little bit about God, about Martin Luther and his work. He's not agreeing with the Catholic teachings. Mm-hmm. And eventually I became a part of this club. We did a lot of things together. I still didn't know much about God, but we were in the club. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, everybody would be dressed nicely. They would smile. They would say good things. And I, I did the same. Mm-hmm. But then... Every Monday through Friday, people would go back and just live their normal lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of what we did was not godly. Mm-hmm. A lot of what we did just did not match what was happening on Sundays. And it okay, was be- before, difficult. Before you say anything else, I sense that the climax is coming here. <laughs> because your testimony, what you're describing, is pretty much most people in the world. Most people in the United States, for sure. Um so this is this is interesting. You know, Satan loves to keep us with in the religious darkness, you know, where there isn't really a real genuine change. You haven't really become a child of God yet. So um, let's continue. I'm looking forward to this. Um, <laughs> okay, so you're, you're a nominal Christian at the most part. You know, you go to a church, you're like everybody else, but the rest of the week you're still living the way the world is. Yes, and... I went through a second baptism in my life in the Lutheran church. Was it costly? It didn't cost me anything. <laughs> but the pastor required me to go through some catechism mm-hmm. and some preparation. Mm-hmm. And then when he found out that I was baptized in a Russian Orthodox church, he said, well, you don't really need it. Oh, dear. Uh, what will happen to you mm. if I baptize you again? Then you'll go to the Baptists, and they will baptize you for the third time. <laughs> <laughs> So it was interesting, but to become a member, I would still have to do this. And uh-huh. they also brought me in eventually and sprinkled me again and said, I'm a child <laughs> of God again. But you're not, though, right? I knew that something was wrong because mm-hmm. uh, my thoughts were far from God. You know, I was in the club. Yeah. S- Sunday was different from the rest of the week. You and I have very similar testimonies. I, so I went through something similar. I I, I prayed the prayer. And I came out, and the whole church was on their knees praying for me. And uh, they asked me if I believed what I prayed, and they all welcomed me. They called me brother, but my life was—I was still bartending and still living a sinful life. And but no one else knew it, you know. So I was, you know, with my church friends on Sunday night and Sunday morning, and on Wednesday night. But I was with my bar friends the rest of the week until God got a hold of my heart. But let's hear your—let's hear what happened to you. Well, shortly after that, uh, we finished study, me and my future wife, we studied at the same college for two years, and when we graduated, we loved each other, and we wanted to get married, and that happened after we graduated, and about a year later, we had a trip uh, to Russia, to my family, and so on, and all this year that I was in America, it seemed like God wanted to show me something, mm-hmm. like something was lacking. 
and between the times I was busy, I was thinking that there is something that I, I did not know yet. And mm-hmm. one of the people I know, uh, who is actually my brother, who became a Christian a few years earlier. A real Christian. Yes, he gave me the Bible, and he actually came from our wedding. Um, from Russia? Yes, from Russia. Wow. He tried witnessing to me many times, many oh, times. Wow. While we were in Russia, I was not interested because he looked like very, a very different person suddenly. After mm. this change happened to him, after he came to the Lord, wow. he was a different person. Hmm. And then I, I was thinking... It's a little bit scary. <laughs> on one hand, I kind of scoffed at him because I was thinking he's a loser. He doesn't <laughs> partake of life. He cannot enjoy anything. He has to only do what God expects. <laughs> but then at the back of my mind, I was thinking, I wonder if he's right. I wonder if, if he found the truth because he seems to be full of joy. Oh, and wow. it seems like he found the real thing and... I was just scared to go there. He wasn't going to charge you anything either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I really enjoyed my uh, physical life. You know, I had friends, parties, beer, and I didn't want to change that. I was thinking that I will become a young engineer, get a good job, have a good life, and... Being a Christian sounds like not fun mm-hmm. at that time. It didn't sound it, like it. It doesn't sound, when you're unsaved, it doesn't <laughs> sound like it, does it? It didn't sound like it. I was afraid of it, and I didn't yeah. know what it was. Mm. So when he would tell me about the Lord, about what uh, his son did for me, it would actually make me annoyed and not happy. Wow. I really was not not interested. Wow. And that took me uh, some events in my life, like going through in the U.S. before I started looking. So possibly this whole trip was for a reason. I, I don't know what other purpose of it besides that maybe God was dealing with me. Mm-hmm. So long story short, uh, after our marriage, we went to Russia and I got to spend a few uh, weeks, probably more like a month with my brother alone. Wow. And I watched him in his real life. He shared a lot more with me. And one of the places that he showed me in the Bible is the place in the book of John, chapter 1. He asked me if I was a Christian, I remember. And, of course, I said, yes, I'm already a Christian. You know, I was baptized many times. <laughs> <laughs> And he said, well, do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Mm. I said, well, what else is there to know? I read the Gospel of John. Mm. It was printed on a paper included in some rock opera sold in Soviet Union, Jesus Christ Superstar. I remember I got it and I read it. And and I was thinking I know all all about it. But then I realized I knew about him, but I did not know him Hmm. personally. Hmm. And he showed me a verse in the Bible. It was uh, John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, which kind of made me think. It said that, speaking about the Lord, Son, uh, Messiah, that he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe in his name. So he said, did you receive him? 
And that was a big question because I never really got into a direct relation with the Lord. I just, I stayed at a distance. I never really came to him. I never really personally thanked him for what he did for me on the cross. And that was uh, right on target for me. <laughs> so shortly after that, uh, there was a day in my life where uh, it's like the floodgate broke open mm. and we were praying in the evening. You and, and your brother? Yes. And I, I just thought that this is my moment where I need to just jump in in God's arms. Oh, wow. And not think of what's going to happen, just um, make my decision. Yeah. I was thinking that if I ever do it, I will do it all the way. Oh, wow. And uh, I'm not going to do it just partially. So I waited until I was ready. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. Then it happened. You know, that verse you just quoted, um, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the, the sons of God, the children of God. Yes. Um, it requires the power of God to be saved. We cannot be saved by being baptized or by following a religious system or even reading your Bible. You know, you can only be saved by the power of God when a person recognizes that they do not have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. Mm -hmm. He doesn't live, you know, God, so God lives inside of you, right? You know, it says in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when I, when I first met you tonight, we've only known each other for less than an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Vladimir, most people I come across are not really saved. A lot of parents that come here, not really saved. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm pretty, I don't know, I think I've got a pretty good... Um, discernment when I'm talking to people, and one of the one of the questions I usually ask them, I asked you tonight. Do you remember what it was? First question. Yes, you asked me if I uh, feel attached to a portion of the scripture, any verse that yeah. I like. Yeah, yes. and you quoted one, the one you just quoted tonight. Do you have another one? Well, um, this will determine if you're <laughs> sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once in Russia, on a train station, uh, like a little commuter train, there was a little piece of paper attached by a local Baptist church, and it said just the one short verse. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the do things, things that, I say. that I say? I think it's from the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it has a very big power in it. Sure does. Because a lot of people think they're Christians. They call him Lord, but mm, don't they, do the things that he says. They don't know what's in his word. They don't do what he said. The Christian life is full of joy and full of amazing blessings, answers to prayer, mm. but it's not an easy life. No. You know, we're to take up our cross daily and follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, we're to deny ourselves. We are to turn the other cheek. You know, there, we're, to, we're to grow. You know, we're to learn. We're to study. We're to become more like him on a daily basis. I think that's the wonder of it all. Yeah. You know, that, so I've been, I've been teaching this for the last several years to people. And I love this thought is that when God created us, he created you in his image, right? He created you, Spencer, in his image, you, Molly, in his image, me in his image. And so there's a part of God's image in each of us. We each have different personalities. We each have different strengths and weaknesses. But what's important is that we, we grow in such a way that we exhibit to the world 
a little bit of the image of God in us to show the world that part of God. You know, that, that comes through the way we treat other people, through kindness, through joy, through study, through a life of excellence, through a life of, you know, faith. You know, faith is a, faith is a muscle to be exercised. <laughs> you know, to exercise, to lift weights is not easy. Mm-mm. You know, I played pickleball this morning and at 7 o'clock in the morning with three other guys. And when we're done playing, I am shot. You know, I'm like, I play like a crazy man. You know, like <laughs> I'm, I'm running all over the place, right? But I have to, ta- I have to stay physically fit. That does not, that, that's not easy. You know, I'm exhausted, but I continue to push myself. And it's the same way in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. We have to continue to grow. And as we do, we should get to a level, a place where people look at us and say, I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. There's some, like your brother, you know, you saw something in him. He had grown, right? He's not the same person. Right. You know, so as we grow like that, people. We're, we're demonstrating to the world. We're, we're compelling the world. We're inviting the world to take a look at who this great God is that lives inside of us. And as we grow, we demonstrate to the world the amazing blessing of God, his grace, his mercy, his kindness, his gentleness, his love. You know, because the world can't see God. It, the world cannot see God in any other way than through us. And it is given to us. Go ahead, Molly. I was thinking of uh, Psalm 19. Oh, say it. Well, it was talking about the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. And then it kind of breaks down all of the different ways that, like, you were saying that we're made in the image of God. And then, like, it's also displayed in everything that he creates. He leaves his imprint on all these things. And then it climax at the end with us, like we are his creation. Yeah, so the beauty of God is seen as creation. But the image of God can only be seen through us. It's beautiful. You know, and, and I think that's why it's so important for Christians to really grow. We, we, have, we have work to do. You know, to really come to a place where we're like, God, I don't want to be the person that I that I have always been. I want to be different. I want you to change this these habits in my life. And so I think that's the Christian life. The Christian life is a life of we have a lot of work before us to really demonstrate the very image of God in our lives. And so, Vladimir, it's such a blessing to see God at work in your life. You know, brought you all the way from Russia to America to find out something was empty, to bring you mm-hmm. back to Russia, mm-hmm. to have you come to know him as Savior. Yes. Have, have you, what's the greatest, of all the things that have happened in your life, what is the one thing that you would tell the audience that if you, if you were going to die today and you could say one thing to your children, grandchildren, to people that you love in Russia, what would you tell them right now? I would probably say that to those of them who don't acknowledge that God exists, that God is real, you can see his handiwork all around you. Everything that's around you is by his design. You are made in his image. You are his design as well. Mm. And to those who already believe that there is God, you can know him personally. Mm. You can learn what he did for you. You know that you did many things wrong, and your conscience tells you that you did things wrong. That's called a sin in the Bible, mm. and there is a price to pay for it. Mm. That's just part of life. There is a price to pay for everything that you did with knowledge that was wrong. Mm. And the penalty is death, 
death in a lake of fire. And separation from God forever. Yes. And you don't have to do it. Uh, Jesus, the Son of God, stepped down from heaven and he took your penalty on himself. Mm. You could go free if you receive this free gift, if you mm. come to God and you could be forgiven. Your life can change forever. Mm. That's a beautiful way to end. And I'll have you just quote that verse one last time and we're going to end it here. The verse in, first, in John chapter 1. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even them that believe in his name. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Correct. Praise God. What a great way to end. Vladimir, thanks so much for spending this time with us. This is very special. You're very welcome. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. Right. Keep moving, Captain. But it is not always easy. Jump out, Alihan! Seventeen-year-old Walter Gurney has a passion to see Afghans come to know Jesus. Jesus Christ is the Savior. It's a passion that could cost him everything. No, a butter and so. A cheater! Oh, hey! Get up! Get away! Get Love your enemies. Kill the kafir who brought his false god to the eagle's nest. Bless them that curse you. Kill him! Do good to them that hate you. Discover a world where knowing Jesus is a matter of life and death. Lamplighter Theater presents Escape from the Eagle's Nest. Go to lamplighter.net. Lamplighter.net.